this is going to be the best series we've ever done. This is, I can't, I mean, I can't wait to, I honestly can't wait to give it. And I hope you'll receive it. I hope you'll, you'll take the whole thing in. I want to start with a scripture from a Psalm, Psalm 139. And um, what I'm calling this series is Uniquely You. There's nobody quite like you. Nobody. And that matters. It matters a lot that there's no one like you. And what I hope to do during the series is I hope very simply that you will first of all accept it. Just accept it. There's no one like you. Some people don't accept that. We, we, go, we go a lot of our time trying to be someone else. And, and certain that's part of what it's like to grow up. We, we imitate other people. Charlie is constantly imitating one princess or another. Literally, every morning we have to get up and figure out who she is. You know, is she Princess Belle or Ariel or Anna or, you know, and, and she's, then she dresses like them. And anyway, and that's a part of growing up, imitation. But as we grow, we learn that God's made us very, very unique, incredibly unique. We're going to talk about it. So my goal is that you accept it, and then you appreciate it. You appreciate it. You start to feel positive about it. This is good that I'm this way. Um, there were a lot of things that I, I didn't want to accept when I was younger. I didn't, I didn't want to be five, nine and a half. I always put the half in. I wanted, I wanted to be six, two and a half. Anybody with me? And I could see over the linemen throwing the ball. Um, but you, you, you learn to accept what God's made you, how God's made you. And then somewhere along the line, you get to appreciate it. And then we're going to talk about how do you apply it? Why does it matter? So buckle in for the whole thing. Ready? Psalm 139. Um, oh, I have, I have a prop over there I need. And it's got, yeah, thank you, sweetie. Thank you so much. Oh, Lovely assistant. Oh, they, they get lovelier all the time. Hey, all right. All right. Good morning. Okay. Stay focused here. Psalm 139, verse 13. For you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. I think, do you get the idea that he came to a place of acceptance? He understood, he accepted, and then I think he appreciated. It's wonderful. It's wonderful. I am your work. You knit me together, and your works are wonderful. Now, I don't know where you're at on the spectrum, if you've fully accepted how God made you, I don't know if you've appreciated it yet. I hope as the journey of life takes you that you get to the place where you really, truly appreciate it. Um, but he's literally saying, I praise you. I praise you for making me this way. This is where uh, I want you to get. I want you to think that you're wonderful. I want you to believe that about yourself. Not only that, not wonderful just so you can be wonderful, so everyone can know how wonderful you are. But if you, the funny thing is, if you really believe you're wonderful, you don't worry so much about if other people think it. 
Isn't that true? Didn't I say something true right there that you should have wrote down? That if you really believe you're wonderful, you're not in how you compare, it has nothing to do with comparing, but you just believe that, then it doesn't matter to you. And it'll free you. By the way, one of the things that will happen during this series, it will free you from the grueling task of comparing yourself to other people. The life-draining chore, life-draining chore of comparing yourself to somebody else. You knit me together. And since you guys know it's my other hobby in life, knitting, I got some out here. You knit me together in my mother's womb. So that's how the, psalm, the psalmist uh, phrased it. You might phrase it a little bit differently. But somehow, in some way, you didn't have a lot to say about you. Think about it. You, you think about yourself all the time now. Should I do this? Should I do this? Should I shop more? Should I eat less? Should I exercise more? Should I... Yeah, give up on that New Year's resolution. It's a day. It's, it's not going to happen. What, you think about yourself, but you didn't think of you. You didn't think of you. Someone else thought of you. Hmm? Somebody else knit you together from the beginning. Now, um, I, I am no scientist, so there are some scientists in the room, I know, and you could ask them. I'll get some of this wrong for sure. All right? So don't, don't hold me to any of the scientific. But scientists are telling us things. Um, in other words, they say the same thing that the guy in Psalms said, but they just use different language. Scientists say that uh, inside your body there's these strands about six feet long of DNA. You know, it's like a, it, they call it a double helix, right? It's like a twisted ladder. It's the code that makes you, you. Let's see, how should we make this cat? say, well, let's make them about this tall. Let's make these kind of eyes. Let's give them prematurely gray hair. Let's, let's, and, and, and so there's some coding for that. There's coding. I call it DNA. This is going to get in my way. I'll get this back to my, oh, thank you so much. Miss Jenny, thank you. And so they say that in the you know, us humans, they, this is what they say. Our DNA, every living thing has DNA, they say, right? So animals have it, trees have it, and, and you, you know, your dog has DNA. But they say, get this, us humans, we share, our DNA is 99% alike. You and I. That's what makes us human versus something else. And yet, how incredibly different we are. That 1% is big. And why is it so big? Because there's so much of this. They say, let's say this goes inside your cell, and they say, I don't know, you have trillions of cells, I guess, at this point. I read one person, scientist said, a low estimate of 10 trillion cells. Now, this is the, how, how should we make this person? This is the instruction manual, how to make you, how to make you you. It's all coded in here, knit together. God's the original ribosome. Well, get your science book out. You'll figure it out. 
where he takes the messenger RNA and stitches it together and creates, anyway, you know, study it. It's in there. So if there's 10 trillion six-foot-long pieces of coding to make you, you, you are one complicated cat. How complicated are you? Anybody marry a complicated person, by the way, just for grins? You don't have to raise a... <laughs> I mean, did anybody marry a wonderful... Anybody have a complicated boss? In other words, people are complicated. Are they complicated? So think about this. Ten trillion of these. Where would that take you? That's a whole lot of coding to make you, you. You know what... It, one person said, and I, I don't know, I never did the measuring, but they said, that would take you stretching these out. All of your DNA, one after another after another, would take you all the way from planet Earth to the sun. The instruction manual. How I many know that's a long trip? Lay these out. You're reading code the whole time on how to make you, you. From here to the sun. Oh, and back. How many know you're complicated? Not just here to the sun and back, but here to the sun and back 61 times. 61 times. Another trip to the sun. Boring. Anybody ever been a place more than 30 times? It's boring after a while. I mean, anyone been to Disney World 61 times? You know, no, no one goes 61 times. This is just to make you, you, your eyes, your height, your hair color. I started doing some research. I'm not sure because, again, I'm science way out of my field. But one, one report I read said our personality, scientists, you know, the, the thing's always been going nature versus nurture. How much was written in there? But they're learning more and more and more was just written in there. And that makes sense to us. Why does it make sense to us? Because who has more than one kid and they grew up in the same household and did they ever end up on different planets? You're like, how did you turn out like that? And they just go like this. It's complicated, Dad. It's very, very complicated. Someone stitched me together. And I didn't have a say in it, and you didn't have a say in it. That's mysterious. Now, certainly there's some nurture. There's no doubt nurture plays a part, but they're estimating personality, just personality. So between 20 and 60%, that's quite a range for scientists. But in other words, they don't know. But they do know. And what our instincts and what our experience tells us is that people have been Stitched together, something went on before we ever arrived, knit together in our mother's womb. One translation says that you've made me wonderfully complex. Isn't that good? You're complicated, and that's a good thing. My goal is at the end of the series that you would just say, man, God, you did some good work. I mean, if you're putting it on your Facebook, that's probably a little much. But if you can say it to yourself. No, think about what I'm saying, because this is kind of an important difference. People are always putting that on Facebook. I mean, it's in quotes, or it's the subtext, the unwritten, aren't I the stuff? 
right? But that's not the point of it. The point of it, this is really important. The point of your uniqueness, your beauty, your gift is not to, to impress. It's, it's, just, it's not. It's to impact. That's the point of it. The whole reason we're going to do this series is so that you can learn that you have a gift to give the world. You do. Why is this important? This is massively important because, first of all, we're raising a generation that less and less and less is being taught that. That they are unique and that matters. And God gave them that uniqueness. God gave them that uniqueness so that they could give their gift to the world. Our kids need this. First of all, by the way, it would take a lot of stress out of some parenting because instead of trying to make them all one way, at some point you go, oh, who, who did this? Who had the epiphany? Like, oh, they're going to be different. Come on. And then, you, and, then you re- and then it was not only that, but it was like, I'm going to have to treat them differently if we're going to get anywhere. I got all day. Put it up there. I, yeah, I'm going to have to treat them differently. I, I can't just say the same rules. Well, I, this is the rule for good luck. They're different. How they respond, how they respond to your, you, you, you raise your voice, some of them fall as a puddle. You raise your voice, the other one, they go, let's go. Right? Am I right? Let's get it on, they say, right? They're different. And, 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 and what we learn is we, we don't want to try to make everyone the same. Now, as we get into this series, we're going to learn that just like Paul used the example of a body part that speaks of uniqueness, Connectedness is also a part. So uniqueness and connectedness. Not uniqueness so I can be unique and put up on a trophy case. This is important. Not Because sometimes when we're young and we're fighting back and pushing back, whoever pushed back against your parents? Huh? Whose kids are pushing you? Way too far. Push back. Why? Because they want to establish their uniqueness. They want to establish their uniqueness. I don't want to go to your church. I don't want to believe in your God. I don't want to dress. I don't want to, right? I want to be unique. That's human. That's normal. Everybody take a deep breath and go, thank God. Because everyone down the row from you is experiencing the same thing. So that's what it means. I want to establish my uniqueness. Then you also have to establish connectedness, which we will get into. So it's not uniqueness separate from connectedness but it's uniqueness as it fits to the body. Does that make sense? You take this away from the body, it's no good. All a part of the learning. Uh, But if we parents or people trying to help a generation can let them be unique and help them assimilate at the same time, it takes so much pressure off of you. And, and, there's a growing sort of trend where there's this despair with, I'll call them young adults, and I won't put a range in there, but maybe upper teens, mid-teens to young 20s. And maybe it's, maybe it, maybe it stretches higher, but they don't see the point in life. They don't see the point. But probably part of that is that people have not, told them, you matter. We need you like that. And you have a gift to give 
to our world, you're supposed to be different. We need you. I don't think social media helps much. You know, it has its place. It's like everything. I'm not trying to, you know. But if, if you know, what a body, I mean, think about it. You go, DNA, knitting. This is the code I got. I'm going to look like this. I mean, you could, yeah, you could do a little bit about it. No, no, I mean, you can do some things about it. There's some things you can't do. My grandma looked like that. My aunt looks like that. My mom looked. What am I going to look like? Somewhere in the neighborhood of that. But if you spend, think about it, you spend your life trying to look like the code didn't tell you to look. How stressful is that? So we have all these kids under unbelievable stress because they aren't accepting and appreciating the way God made them and understanding that they can apply it by giving their gift. This will take a lot of pressure off of you. When you accept who you are, it takes a lot of pressure off, man. Now, we all do this, right? Like I was, I was telling someone the other day about you know, I remember starting, and we, we talked about this a few weeks ago, how as I was a young pastor, I, man, I, I, I had an image in my head of what pastors were like. And even though that was never me, here I am. And um, I showed up to the, to the dance. I knew very much this is what I wanted to do with my life, <clears throat> but I didn't fit. Are you with me? I didn't fit. <clears throat> this was very stressful. I'm mean, very stressful. I had a friend who was a pastor. He was a mentor. And he would, he, he, this is true, he mentored me. I, I interned with him. And he was so good. Man, was he good. He had kids down there. We worked with teenagers. They would tell him their story. He'd look them in the eye. He'd just start praying with them. He would just connect. And then, then it would happen to me. These kids would come to me and, I just be stressed out. I, can, I, can I go find a book to read or something? I, and literally, and he would just, are you with me? <clears throat> I couldn't do it. I, I tried and I felt so stressed out. Because I was trying to be, to do what I do in a different way. Think of David. Remember David? He goes into battle. And his brothers are there. They're in the army. Dave's not in the army. But Dave shows up and he's like, well, what, who's the loudmouth guy? And I'm like, ah, it's Goliath. Ah, he's, who's standing up to him? David, it's complicated. It complicated my, you know. And he, David says, I, I could take, I'll take this fight. And you're like, Dave, please. Put the cheese down and go home. He was delivering cheese. It's in the story. It is in the story. <clears throat> and Dave put the stuff down and go home. And Dave's like, you guys are afraid of him. He's tall. I get it. He's tall. He's tall. He has a big mouth. But David's thinking, I, know, I, I, could, I could kill this guy. You ever, you ever knew a fight was yours? Huh? Did you ever know a fight was yours? Did you ever know there was something? I, got, I need to get involved in this. Come on, you liars. You, you, 
You knew you stayed. That, that, that one's for me. That's got my name on it. That's got my name on it. I remember, I still, re, still remember, I was in high school, I was sitting in church, and there was a guy that was sitting there, and he was giving a message, and it was probably similar to this one in this way. And he goes, there's some of you sitting out there that you think you can do what I'm doing right now better than me. And I was like, that's me. I did. I, I didn't go around telling people that, but that says something. That's, that's a fight you want. The stuff you want to do, <clears throat> that matters. That says something about you. David's like, I want this fight. No one pushed David to do this. There's something to think about. What's the, what, is this, what are the messes you get involved? What's the stuff that you care about that other people aren't pushing you to do? I'll tell you a story. There's a lot of ways I got this wrong. There's a lot of ways where I just try to copy people and be another carbon of somebody. I, I, I made my mistakes, okay? I'll tell you one way when I was in high school that I think I got it right. Or closer to right, because this, maybe this example would help. But I was in high school, and <clears throat> I loved, in high school, church and football. I, I liked other sports, too. I liked basketball. I loved football and church. That's what I loved. Now, no one took me to church. I had to drive 24 miles or whatever, 25 miles to church. No one drove me there. No one pushed me there. I drew, no, Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night. That's what I did on my own because I wanted to. It was a fight I wanted. I wanted to be, and, and I loved football. And I remember one time, a couple of times they collided. My coach came to me, and it was, it, it feels like it was early in my senior year, um, and uh, he said to me, there's a couple of things I want you to do this year. I was, I was voted to be the captain. I was very happy to do that. But he's like, a couple of things I think you should do. One, you need to hang around the guys some more. Now, you don't vote yourself captain. The team votes you. So it's just a vote. They just pick, pick your captain. So he says, you know, you don't hang around them enough. Now, I get, as a coach, ideally, you would think, if this guy's the captain, he should be socializing with these guys, doing things with them. But honest to God, I didn't know what they did. I, I don't even know what they do, because when I was not there, I was at church. I invited many of them, but you know, <laughs> success rate was low. And I, I could drag, you know, Pablo Yabara, you know, and I could grab a couple of the guys to go with me to, oh, thank you. <clears throat> I, I could do that. And I did. My buddy Kurt would come now and then, see if there were any good-looking girls there. But they were inviting people to parties. And evidently, I, honest to God, I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to act spiritual because I just want like a moral. I'm just telling you, I just didn't care. I never got invited to any that I remember. Maybe they figured he's not coming anyway. But I never got invited. I don't know what they did. And so, basically, it went in one ear and out the other. You should hang out with him. Meh. The other things he talked about in practice, you should do this. Say, yeah, okay, coach. Halfway through the year, they all have a big party, evidently. They all got busted. They were doing things they weren't supposed to be doing. And they all got in trouble, and they all got suspended. We barely had enough guys to field the football team. 
There were, there were uh, the guys on the field, and there were like four guys. On the, that's how many guys were at this party. Like four guys left standing on the sidelines. My coach comes to me. Now, here's, here's, the, reason that I'm, here's the reason that I'm telling you this. Not, I'm not trying to be like, oh, I'm just trying to tell you there was a time I got a couple things right. And one was, I don't care. But it was instinctual. I don't care. I don't care what they're doing. It doesn't matter to me. And I, I did invite them to church. And I, I remember doing practice dummies, talking to guys about church. You should come to church tonight. It's Wednesday. <laughs> practice dummy, guys hitting. It was instinctual. But I didn't feel the need to be who they were. Now, there were a lot of times I did, so I'm gonna, I, I can tell you a lot of... But here's my point. If you're confident in who God made you to be, you really don't feel that. I just didn't feel the need. I think a lot of people felt the need. Like, oh, I want this guy to like me. You know how freeing it is to not care if people like you? Not that not, I hear people say this, and I think they just... I think sometimes people are just blowing smoke. I don't care what anybody thinks about me. Usually they care the most. But I mean, when you really don't care, you don't usually have to say anything. You with me? It's, just, it's, just, it's, just, it's irrelevant. It was, it was completely irrelevant. David gets in this battle because it was a fight that he wanted. And then he steps, he gets his first step out there. And they go, wait, wait, but, okay, David, all right, you can go. But let's get you suited. Here's how you do it. He was like, what, what do you mean? He was like, well, here's Saul's armor. You know, David's like, he's a shepherd. I mean, just, you know, David's a shepherd. He just walked out there with his sling, and that's all he knew. Minimal garb. I mean, you know, he didn't want to have to talk to him about the whole advancement of technology and warfare. Like, hey, I could be a long ways away from him and not be near his sword. I don't need all of this, but he takes it on. This is, I think, what a lot of us do. We take it on. Okay. So you're going to be a pastor? Okay, well, here's what you do. And that's what I did. Oh, how exhausting is it trying to be a pastor like you're supposed to be a pastor? How is it exhausting trying to be a dad like you're supposed to be a dad? Or how you're supposed to do this? And they give you all this garb to put on. And David is just walking in someone else's armor. He's tripping. He's stumbling. He's stressed to the max. David goes, I can't, I can't do this. I can't fight like this. I can't live like this. This is what this series is going to do for you. It's going to take off that clunky armor. I, I can't live this way. That's not me. It's not who God made me. That's not my thing. It's not my string. Huh? As you know, David had no problem taking care of that giant, no problem with that fight. And he did it in a completely unique way. We need you. He, David gave his gift. You remember the story in, not, not too long after, the Israelites, or before, um, they, they want a king. Remember this? And why do they want a king? They wanted a king because everyone else had a king. Only reason. Well, looking around, everybody's got a king. If we're going to be a real, if we're going to be a real nation, we need a king. Everybody's got a king. We need a king. And the prophet goes, guys, 
I don't think, I don't think you really want a king because if you get a king, he's going to charge you taxes, lots of taxes. And it's going to stress you out. It's not going to be a good thing for you to have a king. And they go, no, 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 everybody's got a king. There must be a reason. We need one. Isn't it funny? Every once in a while, someone else comes along and does something different than everyone else is doing. And at first, everyone pushes against them until they break through. Until they break through. But the Israelites, they caved. They took on a king. And what did they get with a king? Taxes. Stress. Do you know, I think a lot of our stress is self-induced stress. Pause for dramatic effect. (laughs) Pause to make you think about it. There's enough stressful things in life. Are there stressful things that happen? There's enough. But if you compound it with all the things that you, the pressure you're putting on yourself to be like someone else, it's so stressful. Run their race. Compare yourself to them. Try to be like them. The other day I was walking with Charlie. We were coming downstairs. And uh, as we were coming downstairs from her bedroom, I had my coffee cup. And Usually I have my coffee cup, and I hold her hand coming down the stairs because they're wood, and I don't know. I, I'm tr- I'm, we're letting her get on her own, but, you know, I don't want her to just, anyway, half a good dad. I don't know. But I'm holding her hand, and I'm carrying six or seven toys under my arm, and I got my coffee cup. And she starts having a fit because I'm holding the cup instead of the handle. She's bossy. And we're like four steps down, and she just stops us having it. Dad, hold it. You're not holding it right. I'm like, well, it's kind of hard with all your toys under my armpit to, can I just finish? No. <clears throat> like somehow I, I managed to get the handle, right? As soon as we got, just barely got done with it, she tumbles like, Three steps, and I still got her hand, thankfully, because there would, and boom, it would have been ugly. And here's what I'm thinking. Just run your race, little one. (laughs) Don't worry about dad's coffee, right? Just pay attention to your path. And isn't this true? Where do we get in trouble in life? Worry about someone else's path. Worry about what they're doing. This is not your race. You run your race. You run your race. You, you, you get your knitting out. This is how God made me. This is who God made me to be. I'm going to accept it, right? I'm going to appreciate it. You know, there's so much to you that you should appreciate. Can I say a lot of you underappreciate yourself? I had this kid that used to come to my office. And I always have technology problems. We're always having tech. Anybody? Like, you buy a brand new computer. It doesn't even work. You're like, well, you didn't do the widget wudget. I'm like, I don't know about the widget wudget. You come into my office, roll his eyes. They always roll their eyes at you like, you're such a moron. And they talk in foreign languages to you. Blah, blah, blah. And then they would leave. And I finally went that slow. Come here for a minute. You know, not everyone's an absolute idiot on the planet besides you. Could it be that you are so gifted? 
in this area that you don't even realize it. You ever met a person like that? You're so gifted in this area, you don't even realize how gifted you are. And so you assume everyone else has that gift. And then you have disdain for them because they don't. Is this true? This happens all the time. You don't appreciate your own giftedness because it's come second nature to you. So you don't think it's special because it's second nature to you, but it's unbelievably special. You get it? You're really good at some stuff. Appreciate it. Value it. And then start to value it in other people. I, don't, I just don't have time. because, But think of how this, think of what this could do in our world. If we started to really appreciate and value other people and their uniqueness. Anybody work with someone that's different? <laughs> I'll wait. Anybody work with something like, what is wrong with that guy? Why doesn't he do that? Why doesn't he? But in other words, you, you think what's wrong with them, but the, and certainly some people do things that are wrong. But a lot of times our frustration with other people is they do things different, not wrong, different. I wouldn't do it that way. What a, what a beautiful thing when we start to see ourselves as a body. This could change our world. And if we got everyone giving their gift, our world would be a completely different place. I love your string. Huh? You got good string. God knew what he was doing. Knitting you together. You're wonderfully complex. That's a good thing. Let's stand. We'll have a closing prayer. All right, I got halfway through one page. We got, work, we got work to do these weeks coming ahead. We got work to do. Let's, let's say a prayer together. Before I say the prayer, just close your eyes. Just, just, just stay there for a minute. I just want to say something. I told you, this is how Scripture was saying it. This is how science was saying it. They were kind of saying the same thing using different language. It was something that I, I believe in firmly. But some people would say, well, then, don't I just need science? Don't I not need God? My answer is no. You need God. God gives meaning, reason behind it all. Purpose. There's too many people who don't have God, they don't have purpose. Because they feel like it's, this is just this one knitting accident. And your life's not an accident. And that's why we're praying to God. Dear God, our creator, who knit each person here special, Remind each person in their heart today how incredibly important and valuable they are. And that it's okay that they're different. It's okay that they're interested in different things. It's okay that they're taller or shorter. It's okay. In fact, it's good. God, get us curious enough to start finding our way to our gift 
so we can give it to the world. We appreciate you, God, for making us unique. We praise you for it, as the psalmist said. In Christ's name, amen.